All right, and welcome back to Sociobiology. I'm your co-host, Jeremy. And I'm Morgan. Uh, and Morgan informed me that he, today, has a pet peeve for us all. Hooray! I do have a pet peeve. It's kind of a kind of a new pet peeve, although I feel like oh. I could find instances all throughout my life where this has happened. But anyways, so I, I don't know how specific to get. I guess, let's say I'm in a class, right? And in this class, we're, we're talking about your brain and building different ways that it functions. And we're talking about neuroplasticity and we're talking about actions that we take and things that we do and things we want to change. Right. Yeah. And, um, the specific topic of the day was about how actions of people with addictions can change their brains and things that they could try to do to ease themselves out of these patterns. And, you know, the, the science of neuroplasticity, the pathways that they create, the thing that they are drawn towards and kind of actions they can take to change it. Right. Mm -hmm. And somebody in the class mentioned this early, um, mentioned, oh, this is funny because sometimes I feel like I have a video game addiction. And they, they, they were talking to him about that experience. And he mentioned one of the things that I'm thinking about as we talk about this is finding a way to change my intention. To make it so instead of wanting to play video games, I want to spend time with my son while he's awake rather than having this urge to, oh, I want to go play video games, right? Yeah. And so they kind of open it with some questions of like, what are some personal things you guys think you would change? Or what are some things that you could think somebody that's doing drugs? What's a change that you could say, hey, this guy came to me. I have this problem. What can I do to change? And so I kind of played off of his comment earlier and was like, well, something personally I like to think about, and I think it'll be a struggle for me because I like video games. My son is very small right now and takes a lot of naps, and I'd imagine it's going to be hard to manage a video game attraction along with raising a child. And so I made a joke and I said, I'm just going to teach him to play the game with me. Like, like to, you know. Yeah. Uh, turn my problem into <laughs> good parenting. That's right. Right. You know, it was kind of a joke, but at the same time, you know, I hope to have hobbies that I share with my kid that we both enjoy, you know, whatnot. Anyways, the, I, I guess you'd call them the teacher. Uh, Cause it's, it's a, it's a, I guess a psychologist and students that are putting on this class and it's just this group. And the teacher was like, no, that's not acceptable. We're, we're, we're talking about people with addictions. That That's not a change that, that's good for the class because it personally is to you. We want the broader spectrum. And I'm like, okay, sorry, my answer sucked. <laughs> and like 30 seconds later, after explaining all of this of why it's important to look at it a certain way, she goes on to say, one that I want to throw out there is suggesting people go off-roading because I love off-roading. I'm like, you, you just freaking said to not be personal about it. Not not give an example, like put yourself in someone else's shoes. And do the, I, I don't know. And I feel like I've come across this a ton in my life, especially with teachers, 
where they say, don't do this, or you go on a tangent and they don't like your tangent, but then they immediately go on their own tangent. Oh, for sure. And it's it's like this lack of self-recognition that they can't understand that the thing they just told you not to do is exactly what they did. So yeah, it was pretty off-putting, and I shut the hell up for the rest yeah, of the class. Yeah, no, that's that's infuriating, that, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was bad, but no, I've, and I yeah, it's yeah, a form pretty of, infuriating. Yeah, yeah, it's like this mixture of hypocrisy with like an inability to look at oneself in in a way. I mean, especially, and this is very common when yeah, people in uh, roles of authority, where. And I think this can happen to almost everyone where you have your personal preferences, but since you have this authority, you know, teacher or parent or whatever it may be in, in, in society, that you automatically think that someone else's kind of options aren't your own. Maybe maybe subconsciously. Right. Like if they do something, that's not good. But if you do something, oh, that's perfectly fine, you know. And yeah, it really leads to this whole like, wait a minute, what's why is it this way for you? Like, and as as a child, when you're going to public school, like elementary, uh, you know, high school, things like that, it makes a little more sense because your teachers are adults, and so you're like, well, yeah, I'm just a kid. Uh, but when you definitely go to university, it gets much worse. You're like, wait a minute, this person is an adult. Usually, they're a lot older, but you think like, well, I'm an adult too, right? Like, once you hit a certain age, you kind of see all adults as equal, kind of like in your mind. I was, right. I've definitely done that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when I was a, a teenager, I was less likely to talk back. But now even if someone's way older, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I have experience, too. I'm not a little kid. I can almost like the superiority is in the title and nothing else. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's not like I think, yeah, obviously, teachers, uh, no matter where they're teaching, are necessary. But, yeah, you have teachers who they can kind of go on a power trip. And it's really annoying when yes. they do. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it, it's just so funny that the whole concept of the thing is put yourself in someone else's mind. Yeah. And she found it unacceptable to put herself in my little comment. So, um, I don't know. It's rules for me, but not for, or rules for thee, but not for me mentality. Ooh, that's it feels a good, like. I've never heard so, that. Rules for thee. Oh, you haven't? I, I, wow. I hear that a lot. Um, I hear that a lot. Um, I really like that saying, rules for thee, but not That's for me. That's a really good um, one, yeah. That's so good. Yes, and it, it's because we all do it, but the level to which we do it and how much we recognize we do it varies widely, and I would say that is somebody that does not recognize that they do it. <laughs> it, was, oh, yeah. it, it was pretty pretty fun. For sure. So yeah, uh, it was good. It was fun. So I, I swear there's been many times I, the emotions that that evoked, like, okay, what, whatever. Like, I, I swear that happens to me all the time. So I, I bet it's a recurring pet peeve, but it definitely manifested itself as an obvious one for me tonight. So it was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I think I already shared yeah. this story before, but my, when I first semesters at university, I took an English course. And I had this uh, a teacher. I don't call her a professor because I don't think she really was. She was just like a, I don't know. She taught like English high school basically, but just at a university setting. Uh, right. You know, like English ten ten, just the very basics of of essay writing and things like that. And yeah. in the very beginning of the semester, she mentioned that she had written uh, her thesis or a paper or something on a very particular subject. Uh, but since it was like the first few days of the class, you know, you kind of forget about it. And my final paper was based on something that I wouldn't say directly, but kind of sort of 
contradicted her as you know what she was doing <laughs> but that I, is the worst mistake you could do even if you're right like yeah yeah but the i had teacher. done it com- oh man completely unintentionally i mean and throughout the semester uh-huh. she's talking about like hey you know like there's differing opinions you know there's a way of saying things objectively you don't want to insert your own opinion into something that you're trying to factually you know kind of indicate but oh things like that right uh, yeah and uh, she she talked to me later after I submitted. She's like, well, like, you know, like, you know, this paper is, you know, kind of against what I write about. And I'm not going to say the subject. It's kind of a sensitive subject. Uh, uh-huh. And I said, like, she said, was that intentional? And I said, no, I don't even remember, you know, what the beginning. This is like the end of the semester. I don't even remember what you were saying. So I didn't get a uh-huh. bad grade on it, but I definitely got a much lower score than I thought I should have. Then uh, you probably should have. Oh uh, yeah. Also, she was, uh, yeah, she was just this kind of person who she had these expectations of people, but she wouldn't tell them. And then when they did it wrong, she would get upset that you did it wrong. Ah, oh, that's so horrible. But anyway, uh-huh. yeah, no, like that. What you just said, yeah, it's definitely annoying when that happens. So, L- luckily, mine was just on a comment. Yours was on an actual essay. So. <laughs> I, I bet I bet it's not frequent that you hear, Jeremy, could you please stay after class today? I bet that's not very frequent. Yeah, it was an interesting but, kind of thing. And I was like, oh. Uh-huh. You're like, what does she want? <laughs> um, that's Yeah, that's pretty funny. So, yeah, there's my pet peeve for the day. Well, there you go. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't bring one. Well, I, I guess I have a lot, but I'm not going to. I expressed myself a lot last time, so I'm not going <laughs> to open up another one just yet. One's enough Dude, for episode. Hey, they're fun, but yeah, we could. one's good. One's good. You got to save them. Yeah. Uh, okay, but are you are you ready for today's topic, Morgan? I, I don't know. Is this one of those that I need to brace myself no, and like it's pre- not. prepare for a sleepless night <laughs> as I watch dead frog legs dance? Oh, you still remember that. That's a good one. Yeah, of course I remember that. (laughs) Or the other one I think about all the time is the the deceased person that you witness them pull out of the apartment and he just lets out a bellow. I think of that all the time. It is a guttural moan. It is, yeah. It's so so funny because whenever I'm watching a movie and there's a dead person, now I always (laughs) think any moment they're going to make a noise and it's going to scare the fuck out of me it was, man. yeah that so, was, yeah i still uh-huh. i still i still remember that you know there's some some kind of smells or taste or noises or sights that you can't ever get out of your memory that's definitely one of them yes death and also birth <laughs> i would say <laughs> the two worst things category. ever <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly um, but yes, I will cautiously brace myself. Now this is yeah, this is probably the the only I one of the few episodes where it is uh, a fairly boring topic. So don't worry, I think you'll be. Fine. Oh, that's well, never happened. Before. Well, <laughs> we, I say that, but you never <laughs> know. Kidding. This could branch off into so many horrible things. So we'll see. Yeah, we we never know where this is gonna go. So all right, so one okay, so one topic of biology that I feel is sometimes um, kind of overlooked is um, biology is the study of like life, you know, like life. Right. But it also is a study of byproducts that come from life. Uh, you know, we see that like with plants and animals, you know, they all make byproducts like animals make carbon dioxide and plants make oxygen and other things. So yada, yada. Uh, so I wanted to talk today about petroleum, which is just crude oil. 
so Morgan, do you know what oil is like crude oil? Oh man, of course you're putting me on the spot. I think <laughs> I know, but I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna be wrong. That's fine. Well, the thing the thing that I think of is, and I don't know if it's the same thing because I'm not a biologist. No. Um, yeah, ho ho. <laughs> uh, the thing that the thing that I think of, I think of like fossil fuel, and it's like some sort of you know degraded element of some sort or not element but matter that has slowly become petroleum yeah so I, that's as vague as i'm gonna be to sound as smart as i possibly could be oh yeah for sure no uh yeah fossil fuels which in, have like crude oil and also coal is included in that are basically fuels that exist because living matter has decomposed in a very specific way to give us these things right uh so for example for for coal uh, which is not a form of petroleum but it, it's similar in a way comes from plant mm. matter uh so old swamps uh if, if swamps are there for a real long time i'm talking you know hundreds of thousands millions of years uh a lot of times things will decompose or kind of fall towards the bottom and if they don't have access to oxygen They'll kind of decompose in a specific way where it eventually turns into a, like a coal light, like a coal substance, which is just a, okay. a group of solid hydrocarbons. Right. Um, and oil is very similar. Uh, oil happens to happen in a slightly different environment. Um, there's actually still some slight debate on how exactly it happens, but it tends to happen below and over where oceans used to be. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, oceans move and they come and go. And so as the tectonic plates move. And so you might have coal reserves where there's no water anymore. But uh, that's definitely where usually. there once was. Yeah. And it, it take, again, this takes a really long time, um, you know, tens of millions of years uh, because I was going to say that's probably why there's the debate. Right. Because you can't pinpoint it over that period exactly yeah now we know for sure like it's it's mostly from a water service there's kind of debate whether non-water uh ability can kind of processes can drive this but for the most part we know for sure that oil that's why there's you know offshore drilling sites because sometimes oceans do stick around and they stay there Uh and most of the oil comes from uh we're pretty sure like dead algae and dead uh like bacteria life in the ocean uh And it's hard. Uh-huh. It's weird because most of the time when something dies, it just gets recycled into, you know, the system. Uh, but on mm-hmm. occasion, you get some byproducts or some things that just kind of fall to the seafloor. And over time, they kind of get compressed and they go through some chemical processes down there and it eventually becomes oil. Right. You know, that's funny. That's where the dumb me comes in. Because when I hear fossil fuels, I think, oh, dinosaur bones. Yeah, (laughs) I guess I've never associated it with uh, algae and bacteria and compression. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no. And and for sure, like animal deaths do contribute to this. uh, But Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, because we're land dwelling creatures, we have a bias towards the land. And so life on land, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's not a nearly as abundant as life in the ocean. And uh, also like having a low oxygen right. environment, it's really easy to get that in the ocean. It's a lot harder to do that with um, land. But the uh, land does exist. You have tar pits. Right. Tar pits are kind of like, they're the beginnings of what oil could be. You know, there's like these, it's organic matter that for some reason hasn't really decomposed in a certain way. 
uh, and it becomes <laughs> the sticky goo that's flammable. Um, it's interesting because mm-hmm. you can see intermediate steps. Uh, for example, you can find it's called I think it's called peat or preet. It's the it's the predecessor to coal. It's like this kind of pseudo rubbery, flexible, hard material. Uh, it's kind of like what clay is to dirt. Uh, so it's not coal that yet. Sounds super familiar. But it's really uh-huh. it's on its way to becoming coal. So interesting. Uh, and this is why these compounds are full of energy. Uh, it's because they were the products of living organisms, and over time they kind of mush into this goo and if you light on fire it definitely burns uh it's made of hydrocarbons which is kind of what fat is made out of uh which is well it's exactly what fat's made of which is why it's called oil uh because there's i was gonna say that's making me think (laughs) you know fat you burn it's carbon that's burning in your body and you expel it and by breathing that's interesting i'm making connections you're doing things man it's good <laughs> you're you're about to tell me i'm wrong but no, yeah no, no. I, it's awesome no uh-huh. yeah oil in in biology is like the most energy uh kind of the the kind of the 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 optimum compactability that energy can be it's just pure uh it's actually really it's preserved a really long time uh, by weight it's the most chemically energetic you know like if you look at uh, a carbohydrate that has around four calories per gram and the fat has nine. So it's more than double per weight. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. And so, yeah, that's why I would, in fact, with animals, you see a lot of, we actually, we have a lot of oil in our bodies and usually it's, it can be really solid, but because we run kind of hot, it actually is liquid. Like, and that's what happens with blood. So the plasma in your blood is actually a solid at room temperature, but because it's in your body, huh. it actually is molten. It's, it's kind of liquid. It's warm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Which is why when you bleed, there's blood in the ground. It like it quickly, quote unquote, dries out, but it's not drying out. Uh-huh. It's actually cooling down and becoming solid. Solidifying. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, uh, but yeah, and which is why it's really easy to get uh, energy from oil. And again, we don't usually mm-hmm. burn crude oil. We refine it to get other things like gasoline and diesel and things like that. Right. Uh, but uh-huh. the oil isn't like, it's not one thing. Like you get a, a, you know, a glass of oil and it's, it's, it has so much different stuff. It has, you know, like it has different lengths of hydrocarbons, which have different properties. Uh, you know, like for example, if you get like propane, uh, propane and kerosene, if you look at them, they look extremely similar. It's just that one's slightly longer than the other one. But they, oh real oh yeah uh-huh. the actual compound yeah, yeah the actual compound but they mm-hmm. yeah if you, you don't get a say, string one's a propane. gas and one's a liquid <laughs> what the hell are you talking about yeah sorry yeah, no. if you look at the, the molecules <laughs> no, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but so so you see like so what, what crude oil is just like it's like a soup of whatever mixture of hydrocarbons they can be any length they can be any they can be tiny they can be long and right. they all have different properties. Um, one of the interesting facts is that in the, I guess the 1800s when we were like, hey, we can use this stuff, you know, that's when like the oil boom was happening. And uh-huh. we were really interested in diesel. Diesel is like a very clean burning, kind of easy to separate chemically from crude oil. Uh, it doesn't explode. Uh, it, like it, it burns kind of more like kerosene, like it's easier to make a candle out of diesel. Uh-huh. Uh, and gasoline is a byproduct. And gasoline, they're like, this thing is way too dangerous. Like, it's like TNT. We can't use this. And so mm-hmm. they were throwing away all the gasoline they were making because they're like, you know, this is garbage. Uh, mm-hmm. So it wasn't until, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Rockefeller. He was one of the main uh, oil tycoons. 
he was like, hey, can we do something with this gasoline? They're like, nah, probably not. And then the, uh, he invested into eventually, you know, making engines out of gasoline and, and making energy out of it. So he was just throwing everybody off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, hey, this thing yeah. you're throwing away, <laughs> you can totally, we can uh-huh. make something out of it. So now on diesel, did did you say it was it was so much more attractive for it's what reason? Was it just the safety side of it? Yeah, it's it's now, not as combustible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how accurate this is, but from what I understand, the refining process of gasoline is a lot more intense than the refining process of diesel. Yeah, well, when yeah, when you're specifically trying to refine for gasoline, it is. When you make diesel, mm-hmm. a byproduct is gasoline, but it's not as efficient. Uh, so uh-huh. yeah, nowadays okay. yeah, we're really trying to make a lot of gasoline and not so much diesel. And yeah, refining gasoline is, and it's just dangerous because you're like imagine you're trying to make a highly combustible uh, material inside machinery that if you use it gets hot. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a fun time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like you know, you, it's I like uh, working in a firework factory or a place that makes you know TNT. You're like, be careful. We're using machines uh-huh. that get really hot and this thing explodes right. when you get it hot. <laughs> yeah, come to our bonfire this afternoon. It's in the middle of the warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have ever seen videos of firework either warehouses or factories catching fire and basically like you, there's nothing you can do. Like the fire department won't go in there. They're just going to wait for it to explode <laughs> and then yeah, it's over. <laughs> They're like, "Well, just enjoy it." <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah, just do it. Uh it's yeah. fine. So uh but That's in addition, funny. so when we think of crude oil or petroleum, it's funny because in Eng- in like English English, like in England, uh, mm-hmm. petrol is what you call <laughs> English, the English. thing you put in your car. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it makes, honestly, because I'm a proud American, a I'm like, well, you know, station. we say gasoline, uh-huh. you know, which is better. Uh-huh. But gasoline is a liquid. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't make a lot of sense that we call it gas, except the fact yeah, that... Yeah, that's the- kind of funny. The, 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 okay, so the thing with gasoline is that the liquid isn't flammable. You cannot light mm-hmm. the liquid on fire. What's flammable is the vapor that comes off of it. Yeah, I was going to say the gas that comes off of the gasoline. Yeah, so, yeah. Gaso- so uh-huh. it makes sense where gasoline is the liquid and the gas, the vapor is, you know, so I kind of get it, but uh, yeah. it's just kinda- do, do you think it's just a coincidence that we've abbreviated it to be gas from I think gasoline? So. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, it happens to be like, well gasoline and it, yeah the shortness it's always going to be gas and then right yeah which is why like pet- petrol was petroleum and they shortened it to petrol so there you go <laughs> saving a lot of energy on that one for sure uh but uh yeah again oh sorry so there are other products we make with oil besides just gasoline and diesel and other things like that like petroleum jelly petroleum jelly is literally made from petroleum uh and what is this? I've, I've never heard of You've never heard of jelly. petroleum jelly? Maybe I have, but I, I'm not sure what that is Petroleum top of my you head. Can, petroleum jelly is something you buy at the store. Like, it can be used as a lubricant. It can be used, like, if you don't have any chapstick, you can put it on your lips. Uh, is there, like, a brand that is not, popular that would sell it that I, I might recognize? I don't by? think so. I think it's just... I gotta look this up now. Yeah, it's like an extremely... Uh-huh. Co- it's like an extremely common I thing. I don't know. <laughs> so you're, you're saying it could be used as lip balm? What else? Uh, it's basically used for if you want to lubricate something, but it's not... You don't you don't have WD-40 or something. It's, it has, like, the consistency of Vicks. Like, it's kind of solid. Oh, like... 
like Vaseline? Yeah, oh, Vaseline. There you go. Yeah, that's the oh, brand. Okay. Name. Yeah, I know what Vaseline is. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So Vaseline to, is between. Use it for like babies if they I have a diaper rash. I, I, I think. I, I was about to say, yeah, my uh, son got circumcised and we needed uh, a lot of Vaseline. Uh, <laughs> Vaseline. I, I but, can't. Uh, I can't yeah. even think about things like that, man. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I know. I I, I said I wasn't going to say it, but then I was like, someone's going to think I'm thinking something sexual, and I was like, oh, I'm this far in. I better just say it. <laughs> so no, yeah. yeah. Okay. Jeez, man. Just that's the, that's a whole thing that we do. Though there's yeah. no reason to do it, but let's not get into that. We, do, <laughs> we don't go on tangents and wild rides. But no. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I know what Vaseline is. Yeah. So that is. So okay. Vaseline, um, plastics come from petroleum. All plastics do. Really? Uh, yeah. So they're all petroleum-based, huh. uh, which is why plastics burn. Uh, they don't burn as easily as oil, but they're hydrocarbons. Uh, so, um, And it's funny because plastics were invented in the very late 1800s to early 1900s. Uh, and so you have some products that are or over 100 years old made with plastic, uh, but they weren't as nearly as common as like wood or metal. Uh, and mm-hmm. so sometimes when you see something really old, like, oh, it has a plastic handle, you're like, a plastic? Like, yeah, like, this is something made in 1909, and it has plastic. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty rare. I'm like, oh, interesting. Huh. That's Wh- interesting. Whereas we see plastic as something very new, right? It seems like yeah. in the 70s yeah. we invented plastic, and ever since then we've been addicted to it. So. <laughs> right, yeah. Everything was once wood and metal and all that jazz. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it kind of goes through supply chains because the reason why uh, we started really getting into oil is because everyone started driving cars. And so when everyone started driving cars and trucks and stuff, we're like, well, we need a lot more oil. And so we needed to, you know, dig and extract more crude oil. And if you're extracting crude oil, well, you might as well make other stuff from it. So let's make yeah, plastic. Yeah, find other uses. Yeah, let's make other exactly. Uh, and so it's kind of hard because oftentimes – Crude oil and all other fossil fuels are kind of seen like, yeah, they're not good. They, you know, they're great for energy. Like we, our cars drive it and we use it to make electricity. But hopefully we can stop using it. Uh, but as long as we're using a lot of these products like plastics and plastic, like there's things that are made of plastic that you're not even aware of. Because normally there's like, let's say plastic bags. That kind of plastic is a different kind of plastic than electronic stuff. Um, right. You know, has a different kind of chemical makeup. And mm-hmm. like there are plastics in everything, in microchips too. Microchips use a lot of plastics. And so we can't like entirely soar off of them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for the past few decades, crude oil has been seen as something evil uh, because it does mm-hmm. a lot of damage to, to the environment. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, because if you think about it, uh, like uh, like let's say like trees and algae, which are not trees, but they photosynthesize, they do the same thing, kind of like trees do in the ocean. Uh, they spend all this time, billions of years, taking out carbon from the atmosphere and like sticking it down into their bodies. And then as they decompose, some of it gets released, but a lot of it, yeah, gets compressed down into oil, into coal. And then by burning it, you're just releasing all this stuff that used to be around a long time ago and so you're kind right. of messing with the equilibrium of what's being released and what's being absorbed so nah man i i don't blame us i blame the trees for not doing their job <laughs> fast enough just grow faster Need to work harder man yeah exactly uh, yeah just absorb more carbon uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> demand that they photosynthesize quicker i mean have you seen the movie uh there will be blood sounds familiar but it was like a really, it, it's one of those kind of, of my head. like it won best 
did it? I'm pretty sure it won Best Picture in the early to mid 2000s. Um, 2007. Uh, yeah. Are you looking it up? Is that when it came out? Yeah. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, yeah. It's actually one of my favorite this movies. Looks very it's, familiar. It's a movie, but it's a movie if you like. It's how I was going to say drama. Drama for me in my mind is like reality TV. Like the Kardashians have drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but drama in movies is just there's not there's not like bullet there's not gunfighting in it. Uh, it's just yeah, more it, of a, it's almost like political or social tension. Yes. Or, and so the the premise of the Ruby Blood uh, is basically it's around this time in the mid to late 1800s when people are discovering oil and you can very quickly become rich through oil. Uh, and it's this oil tycoon and they find oil in a small little town. And so it's kind of a battle between this oil tycoon guy. He's not like a giant, but he's definitely in the business of oil. And this town, mm-hmm. they're kind of led by this pastor who's fairly young. He's like a very young kind of preacher, priest, patcher, whatever person, religious person. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting because uh, uh, it's like, of course, the oil tycoon is this monstrous person. You know, he's just like this ruthless capitalist. Uh, but this priest is also like not the greatest guy either. You know, he's definitely playing these people for power and influence. You know, has because, his own motives. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, it is. It is so good, uh, and it and, huh. so, and so it kind of goes through this time of this time in American life when you don't think about the United States producing a lot of oil was because early on we extracted almost all of it, <laughs> so it's not here anymore. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's but it's kind of coming back with fracking. Have you heard of fracking? Yes, I've heard of fracking. That's a hot topic. Yeah, it's hot. It's a hot topic in science too, because even in the scientific community, we're not entirely sure if fracking is dangerous or not. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So for the longest time, it was kind of fifty-fifty. It was like, hey, it may so- or may not be. In some places, we've been fracking for years. There's been no difference. In other places, we've been fracking and earthquakes started going up a little bit. And so, uh, but so just so people who don't know, fracking is the kind of once you've extracted all the liquid oil inside this huge deposit in the ground, you're left with uh, the soil and the rock that's kind of absorbed some of the oil, but it's not in a liquid form. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you can just kind of using super high uh, pressures of water, you can kind of blast this stuff and kind of liquefy it a little bit and extract that stuff and get more oil out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And so the United States is very popular because in the United States, a lot of our giant oil deposits have kind of been uh, diminished. We don't really have them anymore. Extracted. Yeah. But there's all this kind of, it's called like shoal, I think it was called. It's a kind of oil infused rock and soil. And so we're like, hey, we can kind of revitalize some of our oil potential if we just kind of blast this rock. Uh, but since it's really deep and when you're fracking, you're not really aware of how deep them some of the stuff is. You don't really know how much damage you're doing to the rock because we can't see. Interesting. Down there. Yeah. I, I was going to say, what kind of scale would you need to be working with to be causing earthquakes or be, you know, oh, these are suspect an, that you're causing. Yeah, these are enormous scales. Like the machinery uh-huh. for fracking is huge and you're and you're doing it for years and years and years, you know, so you're kind right. of. Uh, I would, it's almost akin. So the water's at this pressure. It's almost like a laser. So it's almost like lasering the the rock of the the, the ground beneath you. And yeah, you can dig a long time. Uh, but especially in some of the areas we're doing it, like uh, 
just so people know, not every area is built equally. Uh, some places, the rock underneath your your kind of the land is very stable. Uh, like, for example, take Manhattan. Manhattan Island is almost entirely made of granite, uh, mm-hmm. which is why you can build skyscrapers and also have subway systems that run underneath the ground, which is kind and of... And not cause many problems. Yeah, and yeah. not really kind of collapse mm-hmm. the entire thing. Uh, whereas, <laughs> yeah. you have, whereas you have L.A., since they're kind of... I wouldn't say they're seaside, but they're closer to where oceans used to be. You can't really dig underground all that much because mm-hmm. it's just not as stable. Uh, hmm. And so where shoal tends to be is these less stable areas because, again, the rocks that absorb oil, they're probably going to be more porous, more likely to, you know. Absorbent, soil. yeah. Exactly. And so as you're blasting away this rock, sometimes you, it's, you can potentially, yeah, cause big problems and stuff. Right. Uh, over time, we've kind of decided that fracking isn't all that great. Um, it's There's not a whole lot of evidence that it's horrible, but we're just like, hey, eventually we're going to cause a big problem. So maybe we should stop mm-hmm. doing it. <laughs> you know. Hmm. Uh, but it's super, it makes a lot of money, so we're still kind of doing it. So who knows? Interesting. That's why Elon Musk is going to be our lord and savior. Yeah, well, he and the boring company, he's just going to yeah. bore our way to success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know the exact process of fracking, but I knew that um, it had to do with extracting it from the rock and soil of where the deposits once were. But yeah, I I didn't know to what scale it was. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. But yeah, generally, if you're trying to m- produce enough to be profitable, it's a lot. Uh, like these, I was going to say, it seems like a last ditch effort to pick up the scraps and like wonder if it's worth it. Yeah. And that's why you need. Yeah, again, no, you know these, what I mean? Like if you. So the scale of how much oil is in a deposit is kind of unimaginable. <laughs> like <laughs> if you imagine in the Middle East where there's a lot of oil and we've been extracting oil there for decades, like almost I would say nearly a century at this point. Uh And eventually, it's a finite source. Eventually, we're going to run out. But you think like we're every day or say every year, there are millions and maybe even billions of gallons that are coming out of these places. And every single year, it's they're still pumping it out. Like that just gives you the scale of how enormous these these kind of holes in the ground are that have this stuff. Uh Uh, And so, yeah, imagine if you empty one of those out the amount of surface area that has this shoal is going to be also really, really big. Uh, but yeah, no, again, if you find a little tiny well of oil, that's not going to do much. Uh, but if you're, you find a big one, it can be pretty profitable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the deal with oil. It's just this lovely, gooey, flammable, delicious thing. Uh, not technically edible, but re- actually oh, pretty I was going to say, I've never edible. tried it. So, <laughs> do you recommend we give it a go? <laughs> I do not recommend crude oil. Now, yeah. there have been reports of coal miners eating coal when they get stuck in the coal mines. What? Uh, Are you yeah, serious? Because, yeah, again, coal is it's made from plant material, and so it has a different chemical composition. So, Because with crude oil, there are a bunch of like butanes and propanes and you know whatever tanes there are, and it's... It's most likely going to kill you. Like, it's, it's not really yeah. caloric. But for some reason, but since coal was made kind of, it's kind of like a hard rocky thing. Uh, it, it actually is slightly edible. <laughs> That's so weird. I yeah. never 
thought of this or heard this before. No, I, I, okay. As again, I've never looked into. I don't know if it's if it has any nutrition. You know, like uh-huh. I don't even know because I'm pretty sure because you think of coal, you think of it like a rock, but it's technically not. yeah. I think of yeah, a, a little black gray rock. It's, Can't imagine it coming out. Like I'm just sorry, I went to another dark place. But um, so yeah. you're you're saying there are instances of miners who were trapped and consumed it. Yes, uh, and they, they were rescued later on, and they say that they were they only the reason they were able to stay alive was because they were eating coal. That's crazy. That's insane. Uh, now it's just so. What's funny? Not funny, but there's a difference between coal and charcoal. Uh uh-huh. So charcoal doesn't have to come from the ground. You can make charcoal. With wood. Are you saying this because I mistook one for the other? No, no, no. I'm just saying because now that you say that, I totally did. Uh huh. So wait, did you think charcoal was coal? What do you think we're talking about? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm just gonna shut up and listen. <laughs> so coal is something you mine in the ground. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know, I know, I know. Uh, and charcoal is you can like you know kind of the the, the little charred remain bits of wood at the end of a campfire. Of That's essentially yes. what charcoal is. Uh, yeah. And so activated charcoal is actually something you can consume. It doesn't have any caloric value, but it's inert. You know. Uh, and you'll see, we see the modern quote unquote health products. They have like, oh, this this granola bar has activated charcoal in it, uh, which is basically just like you know charred bits of wood. And some people claim it helps you with digestion and all this stuff. But as far as we know, it doesn't hurt you, so I guess it's okay. But just don't eat it. <laughs> uh, so but what does char- that activated mean? So activated charcoal just means. Uh, so okay, so I'm gonna explain. I need to explain fire. Do you <laughs> <laughs> fire? Uh-huh. Yes. So fire. So when Heat. something Warm. is yeah. So when you light something on fire, and again, I think that very few people know this, even though fire is like the thing that makes us human, basically. Like, do uh-huh. you know what's going on when you light a fire? Like, do you know what's happening chemically? Uh- you know, I want to believe I do, <laughs> but now that you put me on the spot once again. I don't want to say the wrong thing, so you tell me. Again, no, this is very common. Like people, like you can find a wilderness man who's made fire every day of his of his life, but he, they, people don't know what fire is. So, I, okay, wait, let me let me take a stab. Yeah, take a stab. It's, it's it's combustion. It's burning something to create energy. Okay, but what are you? Yeah, okay. So you're burning something. What is the thing that is glowing orange? Why is it orange and red? The fire. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I give so, up. So that's why uh-huh. fire isn't an element. Uh, it's a state of matter. No, right? yeah. Uh-huh. I uh, get that. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. So, uh, like the sun. <laughs> you can't find fire. it on the periodic table. <laughs> Where so the hell's fire? Uh-huh. Yeah, where's the fire element? It's just a glowy uh, thing. Uh, so There's it's water, a, earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> where's the fire element? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so basically what's <laughs> happening is there are four states of matter. There is solid, liquid, mm-hmm. gas, and then there's plasma, which again, plasma is the less common one. Well, I say I that. I was going to say, yes. In, in the universe, like, I think the statistic is like 90% of all matter is plasma uh, because most Ooh. of matter universe are stars and stars are plasma. So there you go. Interesting. Uh, and again, most of that's hydrogen. So what's happening is let's say you have a piece of wood. 
and wood it has a bunch of materials in it, but it's mainly a chink, a, a chain. <laughs> a chain. <don't>, <laughs> we we better we better delete that. That was awfully close. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Close to a slur, so let's not even. Uh, yeah, let's, let's bleep it let's out. Let's get the beep button going. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a chain of. It's called cellulose, and I think I mentioned this uh-huh. before, but cellulose. It's basically a chain of sugar. It's a chain of right. uh, carbohydrates, but because the chain is oriented in a slightly different way, it is literally indigestible to almost all creatures on Earth. Like we cannot eat it, even though it's literally made of sugar. Right. And so, but, okay. So hydro uh, carbohydrates, because there's the term high, you know, carbo and hydrate. It basically it's a little ring, and there's all these hydrogens that are attached to all these carbons, and. Mm-hmm. So the energetic thing, the the fuel is actually the hydrogen. So when you heat something up, what you're doing to, let's say, wood, you're giving enough energy to break the bond between the hydrogen and the carbon. And the carbon, and so, yeah. And so the hydrogen goes free, kind of goes flying into the air. Uh, and it's so hot that it actually it becomes a plasma. And huh. so the, the, the fire, the orange you're seeing is the hydrogen. Is and a plasma state. The plasma state of hydrogen, and it's going towards an oxidizer. So it's going towards uh-huh. oxygen. So oxygen is the thing that receives the hydrogen, and you're making water as a byproduct of fire. Uh, and Which so, then disperses into the air. Yeah, and so it disperses uh-huh. into the air. Uh, and but since and so on a very small scale, that's what happens. But when you burn like a giant log. Since you're having all these hydrocarbons and all this plasma moving upward, sometimes you get some carbon moving up there too, which is why you get smoke. Uh, right. so, the ma- so the majority of the smoke you see is actually steam. It's actually the water you're making by lighting a fire. But some of it is, you know, like ash, the particulate matter. Right. So when you burn a log completely, uh, you're, you've, you've, wasted, you've used all the hydrogen up. You're left with this, this carbon. It's just like it's the charcoal. It's the black it's powdery substance. It's just a pure carbon. Not not 100% pure, but mostly pure carbon without any hydrogen that's left behind. It didn't get thrown into the air as soot or smoke. Uh And so activated carbon is just this leftover carbon from a fire. Uh, You can make it into a a furnace. You can make it in a campfire. You can make it wherever. So that's what it is. It doesn't really burn. So Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I guess I've never thought about that. What state (laughs) is fire? Uh, Or yeah, like what's burning? So when you're looking at fire, you're really just looking at hydrogen moving at crazy fast speeds trying to slam into oxygen to make water uh which is why uh when you're trying to find out how many calories something has you're you put into a bomb calorimeter which we sp- we talked about before uh, yeah we kind of just burn it uh, because in your body that's basically what's happening uh your body is uh taking away the hydrogen from the the carbohydrate you eat and it's through a series of little kind of a swirly connections, giving it to oxygen to make water. It's just doing it in a slower way, so you're not literally catching fire, but it still makes a lot of heat. Interesting. So I, yeah, I that's why image. Yeah, I just got an image of a fire starting <laughs> in my stomach. But yeah, okay. No, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But since it's in water and it's using chemistry, it's not combusting or exploding. But we're basically doing the same thing, which is why we can use fire to kind of estimate how much calories something has because our bodies are doing it just in slow motion so we don't explode all the time. (laughs) Cool. That's interesting. 
Uh, so in a weird way, yeah, we are combustion engines, just wet and slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of gross. But <laughs> yeah, the, the, when you say wet and slow, a, yes, uh, it is kind of gooey, gross. <laughs> a gooey, slow combustion engine, like <laughs> slopping yes. around. Just one big combustion engine vehicle for our brains. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what do we get into? Oh yeah, so eating coal. So uh, coal <laughs> is an activated charcoal. So that's why, uh-huh. like, if you eat activated car- charcoal, it won't give you any calories. Or I think, yeah, technically, coal has it has hydrocarbons, and hydrocarbons is fat. So yeah, I think you can survive off coal. You'll probably get really sick, and it's you might die eventually from cancer if you keep doing it. Uh, but if you're in an emergency, I guess you could eat it. It doesn't sound like something I'd want to do, and I plan on never being in a situation where that is my only option. Oh, your career goal isn't to become a coal miner and make like no. 120000 a year by risking your oh, life? Good hell, dude. It, it's not worth it. Not worth it at all. Um, if, if I could no, do man. it for just like one year, I think I'd be set. <laughs> no. I. Oh, man. It wouldn't be worth it. It would not be worth it. No, I... I discovered something recently, and th- this is very off topic, but there, there's a channel on YouTube called Mr. Ballin, and he started as he started as a tick. I, I actually sent you one of his videos. It was the creepy pasta I sent you. Oh yeah, okay, um, so that's him. Yeah, and um, he does stories of people that are missing or disasters that happen, like people trapped in caves or camping incidents or hiking incidents. And I discovered him like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've decided I'm never going outside. Like, I, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just not worth it. So, outside is horrible. Yeah, no. I will not be going in any caves or hiking any volcanoes or, no, camping in general. I won't be doing it. Uh, are his stories just like creepypastas or are they real No, stories? so... He has like he has a few different uh, playlists. Some of them are paranormal. Some of them are uh, creepy pastas. But he has this. Um, he has two series. One of them's a four one one series of people that gone missing oh, yeah. and nobody I knows where they are. Oh my gosh, you're gonna love this freaking guy. Then people that have gone missing and nobody knows where they are. People who have gone missing and have reappeared in impossible places. Yeah, like yep. a ch- a child that went missing and ten hours later he's found a hundred miles away. That's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like that. Um, and then the other thing he does is stories of people that go places that nobody or people in places that are impossible to go to, but people go anyways, or the things that are impossible to do, but people do anyways. And a lot of it has to deal with cave diving and these cave systems that people attempt to go to and everybody always dies. And it's just like, I'm never going in water. I'm never going in caves. I'm never freaking going camping because there's going to be a scary woman that comes out of the woods. Like, I I have listened to so many stories from this guy. I, yeah, I can't do it. So, yeah, I'll I'll find a video and I'll I'll send it to you. And you'll get addicted to him, too. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I will not be mining, no matter the money. (laughs) I won't do it. I yeah, there's something like uh, again like four one one is this interesting phenomenon where it's usually in national parks, but can can kind of be anywhere where people go missing. Yeah, and so David Pilates, he's the guy that kind of first popularized this kind of uh like this kind of phenomenon, and he has some criteria where like it has to be that 
generally these oh. people go missing and they they're usually in a group of people and they don't seem to be out of sight for very long and then suddenly they're kind of gone uh or it's yeah they, their body is found somewhere that is un they have unlikely would have been able to do it themselves like on near the top of a mountain where you know they died there uh-huh. a few days after they went missing and it takes you know like super advanced experienced rock climbers you know a long time to get up there just to find them right uh things like that so yeah uh, yeah th- when when you said that name that reminded me he he wrote missing 411 which yes. is what inspired this guy to make these youtube videos uh-huh. telling these stories so uh which is funny because david pilates he's this guy who if you like he's been interviewed a lot and he'll if you ask him like well what do you think's happening he'll be like no nah, like i don't know like i'm not trying to offer an explanation i'm just telling people that this is something that is kind of weirdly happening in some places uh-huh. Uh, but if you look deeper into his who he is as a person, he has a lot of ties to like paranormal stuff. And I was gonna say he's a bigfooter. He's a bigfooter. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to, you know, but yeah, he's in, really into bigfoot. Uh-huh. He's like, again, he doesn't say it directly, but there's definitely he thinks like UFOs and bigfoot are connected in some way. So right. Uh, well, it I'm is crazy saying, some of the inexplicable stories that happen. But yeah, I don't know. So, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say it was aliens. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And so yeah. Again, when all of your information comes from one person, you should always be very skeptical about it because you know he says he's done all these things, but you know who knows. Right. Uh, but yeah. No. Missing people in general is something I'm really fascinated by. Uh, because when someone ends up dead, and you, even if you don't have someone who clearly did it. It's like, okay, they're dead, though, so something happened where they died. Uh, but right. if sometimes when people go missing, you're like, well, they're just gone. You know, they're not even yeah. they're not even dead. They're just not here. And there are some fascinating stories, like people finding abandoned cars with, like, if someone, everyone, their, all their possessions inside of it, but they're missing. And so uh-huh. you're like, well, where'd they go? You know, like, what's happening? It's uh, it's really bizarre. And the worst thing about it is every time I open one of the videos, I'm like anxious for the response. But I know in mm-hmm. the title, the title says unsolved. And yeah. I'm expecting <laughs> I'm expecting a conclusion. A and resolution. it just never happens. Yes. Exactly. It's they're crazy. But but no, you gotta be weary. You gotta be weary, but they're fun to explore because they're they're trippy. There's uh, there's a so. video on YouTube, and again, uh, it's probably I don't know if it's real, uh, but it's this guy, and he loves to go fishing in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. which is awful. <laughs> that does, yeah, no, that doesn't sound good. And in, in this video in particular, he, like there's someone like kind of following him, and uh, like he you can like I think he starts a video when he's already been fishing for a while and he's already looking around. And you can see, you can clearly see like somebody looking at him, and it's pitch black outside. Like it's it's like two or three a.m. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he just like gets up and he starts walking away. And I don't think this person is not chasing him, but it's just like following him. And uh-huh. you and you can kind of tell in his voice that he's like really freaked out. Uh, he like he gets in his car and he's kind of like whimpering. And again, I don't know how real this thing is, but it's kind of freaky. Uh, and then when he turns on, of course, his high beams, you can very clearly see the person that's there. That kind of, you know, and he's like, I left everything. I didn't even pack up my stuff and my pillow. I just, I left. Uh, so I'll send you that uh, video. I'm sure you'll love it. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I will not be watching it tonight for sure. But, um, but yeah, no stuff like that freaks me out. Um, one in particular, and I don't know if you've heard this one. Um, there, there's a story that that has gone around the internet for quite a while, and this YouTuber, Mister Ball, and actually I listened to it today, and it got me thinking. I've heard this story a lot um, of a woman and her daughter who were driving down a canyon road at night. And they see like a woman crouched beside the road and they think that she's like either hurt or something's wrong. She's abandoned and they drive like maybe 50 feet past her and they stop and they're like, we need to turn around and see if she needs help. And they turn around and she's gone. Mm -hmm. She's like run into the forest Um, and they don't know what what is going on, but she's not there. Anyways, they keep driving home. They get out of the canyon it's like three miles out there and uh, they come to this bus stop and uh, they see this woman again and they're like, there's no way she could have gotten from point A to point B. And it's both of them recounting this story and they're, they're just talking about how it's impossible that she could have done that. And the, the, the mother was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta see if she's okay and see if she needs help. And the daughter's like, no, we do not. We need to go home because something's not right. And so she's like, no, we're going to we're going to pull up there. So they pull up there and the daughter's like, I want nothing to do with this. So she gets on the like the floorboards of the car the what, what do you call that underneath the dashboard, like hides yeah. herself. Basically, mom pulls up, tells her daughter to roll down the window so she can talk to her. And she's reaching over to try to roll down the window. And the woman gets up and starts to approach and mom just takes off guns it then is like screaming and crying and so daughter gets up they finally they rush into the house they get home they lock the doors whatever and uh daughter's like what the hell happened and mom was like she didn't have a face and it's this paranormal story that's kind of gone around i don't know if you've ever heard it and gotten some traction on the internet because there's actually like police reports involved where the mother and daughter both share kind of the same story, but the mother is the only one that says she didn't have a face because the daughter didn't see her. But they both know that they saw her at two different points. And there's speculation going around, and I totally think this is plausible, that she was some sort of like inciting... uh, a, what what would you call it a, a robbery or something you know innocent people pull over to help someone and they're jumped by people you know what i mean that, that that's yeah, what i yeah. think and exactly. I, I always try to come to conclusions like that in these paranormal things and you know there are a lot of crazy people out there i mean someone watching you from the shoreline it's not always a ghost it could be some weirdo just wondering what you're doing or some person wanting to cause you harm and then it runs in front of your headlights you know what i mean but i don't know stuff like that it, it's addicting but freaks me the fuck out yeah i so, it's funny because i, hate I don't know where i was movie. going with that <laughs> i hate i hate horror movies but i sometimes i get like the feeling i kind of want to be spooked and so i'll kind of look at creepy things and <laughs> freak myself um, out and then yeah. swear i won't do it again and then i eventually do it again so <laughs> that's me man i don't want it but i need it like <laughs> it's like bad it's a great way of so, saying that yeah exactly 
So, mm. all right, man. God, yeah, it man. sounds like your bedtime, but you just woke up. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the morning yawn, right? It's like, oh, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of sleep, wh- uh-huh. whether you keep this in the podcast or not, I have cured my insomnia. Whoa, really? Yes. Like L- completely? Me, like, I'm like, I- I'm a week into this and I feel like a different person. Wow. It's amazing. So what'd you do? So yeah, let me let me explain. Uh, so you know Dave Ramsey, the right? financial guy. Yeah, the financial guy. Um, do you remember? Never mind. I'm not going to say it because maybe it'll pin our location. So <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Anyways, yeah. Dave Ramsey um, uh-huh. hired a uh, psychiatrist to be on his show, doing the same thing he does, like his own show where he takes personal and relationship and like mental health problem phone calls from people like, Hey, I have a son who is not motivated in school. What can I do to help him? You know, that kind of deal. So one of his calls or one of his shows was about sleeping and creating good sleep habits. And I'm like, Oh great. Another one of these where he tells me the things to do and it's never going to work. And so finally this time I was fucking determined and was like, you know what? Shut the hell up, Morgan freaking do it. So he said to do uh, four things. And with these four things, if it doesn't help, then he's just a liar and whatnot. Uh, so he said, number one, an hour before you go to sleep, turn off all screens. No TV, no video game, no computer, other than maybe checking the time and setting your alarm. Um, you can have light in the room so you can read, you can go on a walk, take dog out, do whatever. But for an hour before the time that you want to go to sleep, no light stimulating your eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And then after that, he said to calculate 90 minute cycles of sleep backwards from when you want to wake up. So say you want to wake up at five in the morning, you would count backwards. If you count four cycles, it'd be six hours. So you need to be asleep by 11 o'clock at night. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so... You, I, I feel like I'm a genius because I just discovered this, and you're, yeah, okay, get on with the point. Like, that's, I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I fucking told you this no, in the you previous didn't. episode. I don't believe you. I'm gonna go through the episodes. I don't think you did. Anyways, um, you maybe you mentioned like the sleep cycle and waking up and whatnot, but yeah, like the average sleep cycle is about 90 minutes. So when you wake up on the low end of a cycle, you're totally refreshed and rejuvenated. And then he said, put the alarm away from your bed. And um, put a glass of 12 ounces of water next to your phone or your alarm. So when you hit it, the first thing you do is drink it. Okay. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm going to try it. First night I did it, I woke up five minutes before the alarm, ready to go at 4.55. And was like, holy shit. Drank the water. Killed it through the day. Felt amazing. The very next night. I did it again. I ended up waking up naturally before the alarm again at 4.30, totally ready to go. And I think it's working a little too well because I'm progressively waking up earlier and earlier, so I'm a little scared. But dude, I feel like a new person this week. It, it, really it, it is insane. So I know I'm an idiot because you told me to do this, but... <laughs> yeah. I didn't say exactly that. No, I didn't mention the water thing or whatever, but I... And again, I don't do this because I don't... 
I don't have problems sleeping. But uh-huh. yeah, you're supposed to not look at screens, especially in bed or before bed or whatever. But I'm looking yeah. at screens right until I fall asleep and I sleep like a baby. So I guess it just yeah, no, I can't do that. Who you are? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the water oh, thing that, is interesting. Yeah, I think that, and that's the other thing: staying out of the bedroom until you go to sleep. That was the other thing. You know, no matter what you're doing, don't don't watch TV or play Xbox during the day in the bedroom. But yeah. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, it's all good. I'm just saying, yeah. Well, I'm glad you found this system that works for you. Uh, yeah. It could just be because you are so used to not getting a good night's sleep that your your brain has kind of adapted to really condense its sleep into a shorter period of time. So you don't need as much sleep, which is good. So uh, you're saying I've been doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I I'm just saying that for me, I don't need a whole lot of sleep. Uh, at all like I can function very well on five four hours of sleep uh, and if I try to sleep longer my body actually tends to wake up automatically huh so like I tr- like I tried going to like getting eight hours of sleep and my body wakes up uh, after five hours like okay like it's you wake up really early now because you went to bed early so <laughs> uh-huh. that's what you get yeah although I don't think I'm going to bed earlier I think the only thing I changed is not trying to watch TV to fall asleep. Well, you're not going to bed earlier, but the reason why you're waking up pretty early is because you're used to not getting a good night's sleep. And so your body uh-huh. needed more time. But now that you're getting yeah, solid sleep, you. your body's like, well, I pff, get you. you don't need all this time. But it's just ready to go. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, that's, cool. no, that's so, good. Yeah. I'm happy. Exciting I'm you're, developments. You're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay changes lives for the better yet again. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay, the chef. Hell's Dave, Kitchen, baby. Or sorry, what? what the, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah, Dave the, Ramsey. the the guy he hired. His name's uh, John Deloney. So for for people with mental issues and bad children and sleep issues, give him a listen. He'll fix everything. Yeah. Never mind. Just listen to us. I'll listen to him, yeah. and I'll retell what he says, so you can just stay here. Yeah, we are the, the we are the prophets that, for Dave Ramsey and all of his cohorts. <laughs> we are we are the Alpha Podcast. That's so. right. Well, cool, man. Yeah, that's all right, that's man. all I got. Yeah, that's all there is. So, I think we're done. <laughs> cool. <laughs> when you say wet and slow.